0: But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. It's a beautiful morning. What's up everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, uh, on Wednesday, which now we can say with some degree of sincerity and certainty, super producer Brandon Newman and the woman, the myth, the legend, Charlotte Wilder. Guys, both for the YouTube for the YouTube audience here in delightful matching Patagonia quarter zips because it is winter no matter where you are right now.
1: It's What's that time of year, Mike. It's that time of year. And, and Brandon and I have a, we just knew. We're like, he's going to wear the yes. snap tee pullover, isn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you know the yes. you know the names oh
1: i know the names
2: you may be a little further than i am charlotte i am a co-op member at rei as we've discussed but i did not know the name of this wonderful sweater all i know is i'm moving that means i have two to three sweaters that i'm uh, constantly rotating in and out of
0: so i feel maybe like you- i live
1: that way anyway and i'm not moving though so
0: That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. That's part of adulthood is just rotating the certain few items of clothing that are nearest the top. I've learned that (laughs) as someone who moved a few months ago and thus reorganized a lot of my life into a different closet setup is whatever's on top and in the easy access areas has been what I have worn the most. Totally. Now, maybe you guys can help answer this question for me then because you guys appear to be a delightful wintry mix of humanity right now with the outfit choice it is getting near the nearer and near the holiday times we are knee deep in this um does michael buble exist outside of december i was having this debate with brandon offline and when i went to look him up on apple music the top album they were promoting was the 10th anniversary remastered edition of his christmas album which felt telling
1: so love this question um y- yes he does exist outside of the christmas season but only in elevators
0: oh that's like right
1: that. or occasionally a hotel lounge that is mm-hmm. trying to be nicer than it actually is
2: bonvoy I, uh bon uh, the whatever the yes, americas oh, system bon <laughs> is yeah. Yeah. Bon- <laughs>
1: A Marriott Bon Voyage.
0: voyage. (laughs) Sounds like the Marriott Cruise Liner is what it sounds like. Welcome to the Marriott Bon Voyage. Michael Bublé will be your host and your captain. And And at any given point on the ship, you'll just hear in the background, And in this crazy life, and in these crazy times, it's
2: you, it's you. You make me say... It doesn't. I do It doesn't even ring a bell, Mike. I had to ask you. <laughs> I know. As, as someone who, as someone who does covers every day on this podcast, I asked Mike. I was like, "Did Michael Bublé do anything before he started singing other people's songs?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then he had to, like, he found those two songs.
0: I didn't know the second one was the first one I knew. It was. It was. Haven't met you yet, and then uh, everything, which is one. the song that I was just singing, which were staples of like early aughts rom coms, as yeah, yeah, yeah. either the music for the preview like the that they would put together or just within the body of the movie
1: yeah i don't i think i would know one of those songs if i heard them although i don't know that i knew it based off of your rendition no offense michael (laughs) Michael. then taken um but i think he michael buble thrives in um december is the answer
0: I just I like I felt like Mariah Carey gets that label, and everyone makes TikToks and memes about how as soon as the calendar flips to December, all I want for Christmas is you comes, and all of a sudden her energy is coursing. I feel like we have to show that said same love because while Michael Bublé doesn't have like the one original Christmas banger in that way, he does ultimately embody the season, and I feel like his Christmas special is sort of like the Christmas story of live specials where it just pops up around every year.
1: Wow. You know, I have to say, I did hear, I went to get a flu shot today, which I would like some credit for, because that felt like a very responsible thing to do. And I heard All I Want for Christmas and the Rite Aid for the first time this season. And I felt like I was on top of the world. I didn't even cry when she gave me my shot.
0: <laughs> Fueled by Mariah Carey. Built Guys, different I get, all-star.
1: I get real scared, um... yeah yeah. i mean i don't (laughs) cry but i was sitting there and i was like i might i might pass out and she was like what and i was like no haha just kidding and she was like wait and i I was like just give me the shot
0: (laughs) (laughs) you can't say that and then say jk to a medical professional they're like (laughs) right
1: yeah i wouldn't recommend going that route
2: when's the last time you passed out via shot
1: Um, every time I get blood drawn, I fully faint and they have to leave me in a dark room with apple juice for at least 10 minutes.
0: Honestly, that sounds like a great life hack.
1: I, yeah, I don't hate it except that I feel, I feel the life draining, draining out of me. And then, and I try to be, I try to put on a good face and be brave and be like, I got this. And then at a certain point I just turn like completely white and I start sweating profusely and I like pass out and they're like, you have to, you can't. like let us know and then they bring me saltines and apple juice and i lie down for a while and then i leave and i'm fine So a little bit
0: about me. Yeah, (laughs) something you guys may not know about me. That is uh, Charlotte Wilder special right there. That is a life hack of how to end up in a dark room with snacks and apple juice if you're out in public where they are allowing you to draw blood. So this is a podcast where you learn things. And this is a podcast where we're going to have a great show. Charlotte is with us all episode today. (laughs) We have plenty to get to. Um, Her New England Patriots played one of the more forgettable Monday night football games of all time. We had... (laughs) Two of the central figures of our basketball lifetime age us very quickly by having their kids go out and be phenomenal athletes on television. And um, guys, we've also got, I think, a very interesting style move from one Drake. So we got a lot of things to get to uh, here on this episode. I I would be remiss to starting things off before we get to a lot of the fun if we didn't mention uh, the... Absolutely shocking and devastating news out of the world of college football with uh, Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach passing away very unexpectedly Monday night at the age of 61. And I didn't know Mike Leach personally. I didn't have a lot of interaction with Mike Leach, but it was impossible to exist in the college football space without being aware of one of the most larger-than-life characters that the sport had to offer. And Charlotte or Brandon, I don't know if you guys had any experiences with him, but really there's a lot of stories being told right now because that was – Kind of how Mike Leach operated. If you were within his atmosphere, he pulled you in and he was just going to go. And it was whatever came to his mind. He had varied interests. He wasn't without controversy. There are parts of Mike Leach that were things that we didn't always like, things that I didn't always like, but he was an incredibly round character in the sport and someone that certainly, from an on field perspective, between the air raid offense, between the coaching tree that he produced, that includes guys like Dana Holgerson and Dave. Dave. Dave Aranda and Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley has left an indelible mark on the sport. That will be one of the most unique legacies it's ever seen. So very sad day, obviously think of his wife and his family and the people that are closest to him, but just incredibly stunning how quickly that news started to circulate Monday night that he was in poor health or excuse me, Sunday night that he was in poor health and then into the way that it ended Monday, Monday, just incredibly sad.
1: Yeah, I think I think what you said, I think to me, when I think of Mike Leach, when you reading all the obituaries, reading people's tributes to him, he was obviously a complicated person. I think um, when he was alive, I I've had very conflicted feelings about him, but, but I think it's impossible to say that um, I think he, he completely changed college football almost more than any one, individual person especially for someone who didn't end up coaching at one of the blue bloods or who who really did um because of his own um because of who he was and what he did a lot of times sort of ended up shooting himself in the foot maybe a little bit career-wise if that was you know um I, i think he he just made such a huge difference you know washington state texas tech which obviously ended um you know in its own complicated way um and then in mississippi state and i think that the people who he worked with who are in the sport now have continued to take you know his his on-field ingenuity because it was it was brave when he did it it was totally risky when he started developing these teams that could pass and and so i i don't think you can talk about college football in the last Thirty years, um, and I don't think it would look the way it looks if it if it weren't for him and and the NFL even.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that trickle up and we see it in college in a variety of ways. College is traditionally a level that's got to be a little bit more creative with the resources because the talent is so uneven and the landscape is so vast. And what him and Hal Mummy did as the architects of this offense at Iowa Wesleyan, at Valdosta State that became Kentucky, that became Texas Tech is, you're right, something that we now see. The reason it is almost ubiquitous now that you don't blink when you see these air raid conversations Concepts show up in the NFL is because of that, you know, him as a coach, him and what Hal did, and that Texas Tech staff that you can go back and look at and watch it branch out into the tree that it is. Yeah, I think
2: as much as, as well as he did on the field and changing college football and the, the landscape and how people from the outside look at the sport that birthed you and I, Mike, in, in, in yeah. that way, I feel like. As complicated as he was, I was I was appreciative of him being himself at all times, uh, t- almost to a fault, because I think it showed other coaches how they can show a little bit more personality, and they might actually get rewarded for it. A, a lot of times, we obviously uh, Trevor Sycamore has been on the podcast. His fiance uh, Alyssa Lang, uh, after a game, famously asked him like, about getting engaged, and he gives this great sound bites, and I don't want to. Um, kind of minimalize it to that but that is how these coaches and these players and these entities live on in a very real way especially with us uh, as as people who consume them so i think it's very sad to see that he was just gone so quickly especially like getting into the end of the season like it feel like we weren't we weren't done with this college football season but as every college football team is different year in year out it feels like college football as a whole that's already changing like in mass shifts every day and every year especially after COVID and after NIL deals like now with Mike Leach gone it feels like it really is pushed into a a, a new territory uh, completely.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's strange to try and comprehend this space without him because to your point and to Charlotte's point, he was somewhat of a renegade within the sports and existing on the outskirts. And I think in college football... I always have a fascination with people that are managing to win in places where you have no earthly business doing snow. I think, you know, you think of Bill Snyder at Kansas state and what he was able to build. Certainly I think is at the top of the list, but to go into Lubbock and to be the author of a moment like we saw when Texas tech upset, Texas, that Michael Crabtree, catch that will live in most of our brains who grew up in that time period will have that play stamped in us but then to be able to replicate that at Washington State to see what was going on at Mississippi State under his tenure now it's just between that and all the stories it is really really hard still to try and grapple with this I think everyone's still kind of coming to the grips with the reality of this situation and so we've all kind of said it in one way shape or form He he's a complicated very varied very full person in every sense of that word and however you view him and there's certainly going to be a time to talk about that but for now i think the the central thing of this is it's just impossibly sad it's impossibly sad to watch how quickly he was ripped from the world and ripped from so many people that cared about him and did have a relationship. And we will all certainly miss Mike Leach. So that's uh, you know, something I, I know we all talked about before, wanting to make sure that we got in there. Because even if you didn't have a relationship with Mike Leach as a person around college football, you still in some ways did. And I think that says a lot about the person uh, at the helm of all this.
1: Can I just say one more thing about him that I think yeah. for me is the biggest takeaway? I love that he that his ethos was learn 20 plays really well.
0: Make sure that Mm -hmm. you
1: know, make sure that you know these 20 plays inside and out. You can do them with your eyes closed as opposed to trying to get fancy with it or, or tricky. I I feel like that's just, you know, not to be corny, but such a good life lesson, which is like Mm -hmm. get really good at the, at the fundamental things you want to be good at and then add on to those because that's really at the heart of being being very good at anything is making sure that you've got those building blocks and i think that it can be very tempting to want to skip those building blocks or want to believe that you can get fancy sooner than maybe you should and i I just really i really like that way of um operating
0: yeah, it really is incredible to think about, and it's one of the biggest lessons I know I always took with sports is sometimes there is just no substitute for repetition when you understand that something does produce results and you've got that proof. So yeah. uh, incredible on and off the field for that point, certainly, Charlotte. So, you know, again, thoughts and prayers to Mike Leach's family, to the folks at Mississippi State, Washington State, Texas Tech, everyone who's been touched uh, by uh, by Mike Leach's tenure uh, in and around this sport. Yeah. Um, as we always say, uh, no easy transition, guys, into uh, talking about the normal stuff here, but uh, we will do just that. Uh, and Charlotte, uh, since we've got you here and we're talking about legacies and history, I, I was very curious how you felt as we're all age wise peers <laughs> on ESPN <laughs> last night, or I guess it was two nights ago as the release of this podcast. Watching LeBron James's son and Carmelo Anthony's sons play basketball on TV the way that we watched their dads at one point do when they were at St. Vincent, St. Mary's, and Oak Hill,
1: I I was shocked to be honest. I didn't know that I didn't know that the that ESPN two was putting on their big. Um, you know, high school. What was it? King of Christ. What was the school in Queens, New York? Oh
0: yeah. So it was. Uh, it was the Geico High School Showcase. It was Sierra Canyon yes. where Bronny plays, and then Christ the King where um, where yes. Carmelo Anthony's son plays, uh, Keon.
1: Yeah, and and you know, it was late on the East Coast, and I had just watched the Patriots somehow win one of the ugliest football games I'd ever seen, and then you know, turned to ESPN two, and I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? I was like, first of all, <laughs> LeBron is supposed to still be in high school because I'm supposed to still be a few years younger than he is. And now I'm watching his son who looks exactly like him. And then I'm watching Mello's son, like, somehow sink this absolutely beautiful three, touch it. Like, he, like, received the ball and 0.5 seconds later, it was, he sank a three. And I was like, oh, my God, these kids are out of control. And I, I felt, I felt so old. I felt... And I'm not that old. We're not that old, you guys. We can't do the like, oh, I'm old, but I felt it. And also somehow seeing Kim Kardashian sitting there made me feel even older, and I don't know why, but it was weird.
0: It was complicated like that, right? Because we're not old, but the one thing that I have had to reconcile with recently, and Brandon can appreciate this because he is an actual father, is we are actual Hmm. parent age now. (laughs) Like, so many of my peers are parents, and not to... You know, kids that are playing high school basketball, but it's a reminder that they're much closer to our ta- like age bracket than I often realize, especially as someone without kids. And so seeing them in that environment, because we also pluck them out of the context that we're used to, right? We're used to seeing LeBron James battle it out with a struggling Lakers squad right now. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony's still unsigned his basketball career kind of up in the air at this point. But then watching them go here and be dads in a gym that is populated with, like you said, really famous people was jarringly out of context even knowing how you know much lebron james has been being a dad in public for a while now too
2: yeah and they they both have been that way and that's why this feels very like social media on screen i mean i don't know if you guys remember the first time you got a chance to see zion at duke but like he was the internet basketball star for a really long time. You know what I mean? Like there's something about seeing these people and thinking about the first time you you experienced well,
0: them. It's also like thinking about this is the world LeBron and Mello created that allowed right. this to happen. 100%. Like I saw right. a lot of it getting recirculated again. Like it's sad and untimely, but people recirculating Grant Wall's original piece, the SI cover Profiling LeBron James back when he burst onto the scene. And I remember back then being able to turn on high school games on ESPN and watch this dude and seeing all the coverage. And that was pre-House of Highlights and pre-Hoop mixtapes and all these things that have become such a brick and mortar part of being a young basketball player now that are embodied by Bronny and, and what he's going through right now. So it is, it's a very full circle moment to see the originators of this now watching their kids benefit in some ways and in some ways it's got to be a tremendous but, amount of pressure that's also become a part of that i mean it's definitely
2: it's definitely pressure but it's obviously a pressure that they have the eq to get where they're at right now i think that's important to, to mention like whatever accomplishment to get brawny and carmelo's son on the same like on the same court playing on espn like th- this it's, it's special, but it's important, but also it's something that they've cho- choo- chose, and that's why I like that. Uh, what's the son's name? Bryce? Bryce. Are the other ones? Bri- <laughs> yep. Like I, I, you know me. I, I love a sidekick. Like I love that Bryce is now getting some love and everybody's starting I, to look at him. It's just like the reality
0: of, well, of, of I, having LeBron James as your dad. It is very interesting. Bryce and Bronny have both signed NIL agreements with Clutch Sports, which is Rich Paul's organization, who, you know, LeBron James runs the entire NBA. It's weird to watch because we kind of did this with the ball kids too, when you started off with, like, how that worked starting off with Lonzo, where now people are looking at Bryce and he's kind of hitting this growth spurt and we're starting to talk about these guys as prospects. And it's also strange because because of that last name, and I kind of remember going through this with Jordan's kids to a much lesser extent, all the attention that's been heaped on them. Bronny's got NIL deals with Nike and Beats by Dre. He signed with Clutch Sports the way both of them have. They've kind of been the most distilled down form of what we've talked about a lot on this podcast with current athletes is you got to grow up really fast. You don't get to Mm -hmm. just be a high school basketball player. And for Bronny, he doesn't just get to be a normal recruit. Like, he's not his dad. He's not really in line based on what I've read from most basketball people who scout him to be like a surefire one and done in a way that gets him on the court with his dad the next couple of years he's looked at as a guy that could go in and might come off the bench at the beginning of his college career could go the G League route but it's by no means a sure thing but we all know him far more than we know most prospects within his range of how they're scouted and how they're graded by NBA and uh, college basketball folks
1: Well, I think that's exactly right, Mike, but I I, I think they're born on, they're born like seven rungs up the ladder, and I don't mean wealth-wise, I do mean visibility-wise. I think that when, I think that it might seem like a lot of pressure, but I feel like... And maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not them. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze who these guys are as, you know, teenagers. But I do think that when you are brought up... You know, I've, I've, I've sort of seen it with people I know who grew up, like, very wealthy or with parents who were important people. I think that your, your range of what is normal is set a little bit different so that you can occupy these spaces in a way that it... Probably felt like they were. I mean, to me, it felt watching like, of course, they're here. I think the strange thing about yeah. it was that we were watching a complete game as opposed to highlights, because I personally do not watch a lot of Sierra Canyon games um, just right. for fun. And so, for this to be like a marquee event that I happen to be watching, um, when I'm used to seeing these guys as highlights on TikTok or you know in a commercial with LeBron or um so uh, something like that I, I think it I think to me almost the distillation of all of this was when either at halftime or after the game I don't remember Malika Andrews was interviewing Carmelo and she was talking to him about his son and she said you know at the end she was like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask what are your aspirations because you know he's not on a team right now but he hasn't retired and he said I just know that it's not in my control but I'm ready on some level and I thought wow like look at these these two dads who have controlled every aspect of their lives and their son's lives to give their sons to to have their sons end up playing on the Geico high school night spectacular whatever and even they are on some level at the mercy of What these teams need, what these leagues need, uh, you know, for for their kids, what these schools need, like you can control so much. And then at the end of the day, Carmelo is not on a team right now. And I know he's older, but like, I think influence and um, last name get you really far. And then your talent really has to actually get you the rest of the way because that's how it works.
0: That's one of the interesting things, too, that I've read about LeBron James' role and Bronny's recruitment is, I remember, I think it was The Athletic did one of those articles that gets promoted all the time on my Twitter <laughs> timeline that I read about those guys. And You it mean sort- every time you open it? <laughs> yes. yes it's They do that with an article about my dad leaving ESPN, too. It's really Same. weird. but I
1: see that every day, Mike.
0: <laughs> I, I, great photo of your dad, though. It is, is a great a photo. Birthday, to birthday, too. Yes, I was going to say, happy 60th to dad on uh, Monday the 12th. Um, But it is like in that, I remember they sourced a lot of anonymous quotes from scouts and people in college. And the one thing that came back was, yeah, LeBron James has been a really easy parent to deal with on this front. And remember, LeBron James didn't really go through this, didn't really go through this process in the same way because he was the consensus number one pick in a time where we didn't have the one and done phenomenon. And so going through all of that, having him be in the wings is going to affect Bronny's recruitment. It's going to affect how people look at And process this situation because you're gonna get this kind of attention. And it's the reminder of what Charlotte said. You're right, these guys probably do have, and I think EQ, the emotion, you know, the emotional ability to handle all this stuff, they've probably got it because this has been normal their entire lives. It's just going to be watching other people react to it as they go along and allowing them the opportunity to become the basketball player that they're going to be, regardless of what goes along with it. Because again, in this game, Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian are sitting courtside. Kobe Bryant's oldest daughter Natalia. Basketball wives uh, people. uh, NBA Kenyon Martin was there. Nick Young. Current Lakers were there. It was everybody that was in this little gym watching all of them play and it was just completely normal for those guys. Like we had Taylor Swift come to our football practice once when we were at Notre Dame and we could barely get to stretching lines in order because we were all so distracted and all looking around and gawking and watching this very famous person even back in 2009, circle the practice field, then make her way out very quickly. And these guys just played a whole-ass basketball game like it was nothing having the Kardashians there because their dads are LeBron and Mello.
1: Also, why was she at a... Why was she there? Why was Love Taylor Swift there? F-
0: oh, because oh, of Austin, what? Mike? Oh, yeah, her, her brother was oh. at uh, Notre Dame for like a semester as a student.
1: That's right, okay. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's that these kids are just like... I'm not impressed by any of these famous people because my dad's more famous than any of It does. So.
0: I wonder if that translates to the rest of the team too, though. Like it's gotta be weird. Like Sierra Canyon, like big program. You're playing in a lot of these showcases. Like you're one of the good teams, but also if you're a kid that didn't grow up as a LeBron James child and you're looking around yeah. at all of this, there's still gotta be some Holy shit. Yeah. But everyone
2: at that school is, I mean, Kim Kardashian is there because North goes there. You know what I mean like everyone at that school is famous adjacent some like Santa Monica High School if you remember if you've been out in LA and realized like there's some school names there's like oh that's where is it Pembroke? No that was that's in the that's eight, an mile. 8 mile. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but there's some places that just the the cool the cool kids go. So like I think it's more probably more normal to them. I guess what I want to sit in cuz I just did the date calculation cuz I remember the day that LeBron James had his first game with Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I remember sitting down watching that as a, as a 13 year old and it's been 6,985 days Mm. since LeBron James had his first start in the NBA. So to think about in those 19 year period, like the, the reality, like you said, Mike, that he created. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, like this is like the world that we're living in is one that, That he gifted us in a
0: very weird way. It is very weird, and you're right. Like It's changed a lot in that time period, and we point to the NBA all the times and all the ways that he's kind of changed the way players move and the player empowerment movement and all these different things, but I do think it's interesting now, and I guess my biggest takeaway from all this was kind of going back to the beginning, which is I hope stuff like this as we see more of it, and especially because I'd imagine LeBron James and Bronny James's recruitment are going to continue to be a really high-profile thing when he finally does decide if and where he's going to go play college hoops or if he's going to go play in the G League. Watching him handle all of this stuff is a window into what a lot of players in college sports now are having to do. We went through this with Arch Manning not too long ago, and we saw how quiet his family kept that and how out of the spotlight... Everyone with the last name Manning kind of stayed in that entire process leading up to him committing to Texas, but we still haven't gotten to the point where he's on campus and on the field, and that's gonna be the next test for this. And watching these young people handle this, even the ones who don't have the famous last name, but who have made their last name famous through their play, they're dealing with more than any of us had to when we were coming up, and more than any athletes have at a time before that, at least in the fact of having to be business people long before that. So as people look around and say negative things about the portal and what they think it's doing to the game or What they think NIL is doing to the game. They learned from everybody else around these sports, and now they're having to learn how to handle it. And so I'm just saying, allow some grace because they're learning to do all this as 17 to 22 year olds. And we all know what a volatile time in life that is. We all kind of do the thing where, depending on the context, we treat you like more or less of an adult at that age, depending on what we're talking about and what point we want to make. Mm -hmm. But I think the further I get from it, the more I'm like, yeah, you're really young, and there's a lot you're trying to grapple with at that. time and we just added even more and it's important because it can make you a shit ton of life-changing money if you hit it right i think
2: i would love to take heed to every word that you just said because the elephant in the room is you had to grow up like this, Mike, like you grew up with the last name, like your dad did really well on the football field, and then he did really well uh behind a mic to the point where you had to experience and navigate all this to to the point where like and this is something I'm telling you for the first time, but like when we were start texting when I was in high school, people were like, oh are you texting I was like uh the, you know Mike and Mike in the morning like like his son like I, we're, I think we are becoming friends, you know what I mean like it's just like like yeah. that level of notoriety is something that you had to navigate through your entire career
0: yeah and you just grow up Charlotte hit on it you grew up getting used to different things that are a little bit abnormal for some other people like I always just called mm. it the fishbowl you got used to whatever I think athlete learns at some point is you've got more eyes on you and this is for any position of notoriety when you get to a high level in some sort of job you get more eyes on you and so people are watching what you do and people are watching especially for your mistakes and so you've got to be cognizant of that because you also don't affect just you like whatever LeBron whatever Bronny does when he gets out of college campus is going to reflect the James family name. Like, I got arrested mm-hmm. my freshman year. Guess who had to talk about it on Mike and Mike the next day? Dad. Hey. Like, it didn't affect just me.
1: So did I, Mike. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, let's go. But my dad didn't Squad. have a um, radio show so he didn't have to... He, yeah. Squad. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Damn.
0: Locked up. Minor intox. Let's go.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's she didn't it. say what it was for. It, I mean...
0: You don't got to say what it's for. You don't got to, I just, again, like this is the fish bubble thing where I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I got arrested for because everybody already knows. Yeah, mine
1: was a fake ID. Come on. Oh
0: yeah. Listen, who among us?
1: Right. I I was the one who got that. Um, No, I think, I think that's true. I think it's also interesting to hear you say that from the perspective of, of being the kid who had to grapple with that because, you know, I went to. I, grew, I went to a, a prep school in Boston where, like, a lot of the wealthiest people in Boston sent their daughters. It was an all-girls school. And, like, to the point where I didn't I, – but I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like we, my family didn't have the kind of last name that was on, um, you know, like the Harvard baseball field or the, the Duke library or like, and and I think that when you grow up in that, and for me, it was only really, and only for only after sixth grade, cause I I only started there then. But for me, it was this, it it was the coming out of it and being like, Oh, looking back That's who those people were. And I wonder if for the friends or the people adjacent to these, the kids of athletes or, who, or even, you know, the friends of Arch Manning, I wonder if it's only later that they're like, oh, holy shit, that was actually kind of a big deal.
0: I, so again, and I want to make this clear because it's
1: nice to not know.
0: Is what I'm trying to say. Yes, I I, I think for that party too. Like I'm not comparing myself to these people. They're infinitely more famous and these guys are infinitely more talented than I ever was. But you guys talked about that circumstance is somewhat similar and I can tell you it does make you very guarded because you look at everyone and go, what do you want? Yep. Because mm-hmm. not everyone approaches it like that. Like I'll never forget one. Of, Teron Armstead, who's been on this podcast, who's the tackle for the Miami Dolphins. When I was in uh, when I was in rookie minicamp with the Saints, we were jogging off the field one day. And I was an undrafted free agent. Teron was going to be one of the money guys for them. Was already an incredible player. And we're jogging off the field one day, and he looks at me because my name the names were on our helmets, and he goes, "You know, you have the same last name as that guy on TV." And one of the other tackles is like, "Teron, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You see the junior there, but." didn't know and didn't care and there are some people that you come into that that's just kind of refreshing and again it's never like this is a burden but i say this is not a complaint at all because having a last name the way these guys have in the way you know to a different and lesser extent that I did means that so many of the things that you want are accessible part of that's also being a white man in America like throw that into the mix as well but having that means so many of the things that you want are accessible but at times most of the thing you have n- most of the things that you have never feel like they're yours and you mm. always look around mm. at your accomplishments and the things that go on wondering what is mine and what did I actually pull from this and you kind of learn how to live with that that's why my 17 star at Notre Dame I hold them real tight because dad couldn't play on the field for me like that part like whatever else people want to say about that I look at those and I go all right those are really special to me because I know I did those things and that was what was in my control and so it's just again none of it's a negative because there's so much positive that comes with it but it just kind of changes your vantage point on a lot of the things that you do day to day hey dad And remember to check out Jagermeister at www.draftkingsxjagermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jagermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jagermeister US, White Plains, New York.
1: I love hearing you talk about this stuff, Mike. Like, I remember when you did Katie Nolan's podcast um, maybe two years ago, and you got really, you really opened up about this. And I remember listening and, you know, thinking, like, what it. What a self-aware, generous spirit to understand all of that. And I think that the best we can hope for for these generations of athletes who I also think, I mean, we didn't have Instagram when I was in high school. Facebook was enough. And I logged on maybe once a day or once every other day with a friend with like my friend's sisters, you know, Hobart and William Smith college email or whatever. Like, to not have, I mean, you know, Facebook photo albums felt like enough of a liability. To, to have yeah. the ability to be tracked from the time you're born um, is, I think, hard for everybody, but it, it really ends up being a huge part of those those kids' lives. So I think the, the most we can hope for for them is a kind of self-awareness and grace and understanding of, um, you know, the fact that the only person who really can ultimately play on that court is them.
0: Yep. But, you know, and they'll hopefully all figure that out. Like it's going to be just fascinating to watch because it's such a unique set of circumstances there. But, you know, where you can simultaneously admit what you've been given and then still go out there and try and earn of your own.
1: All I'll say is that when someday you have my kids on your you know, huge show and they're telling you how mm. difficult it was to grow up with the titan of a mother, Man. just replay these clips. Replay there these we go. Clips.
0: Send it back. Send the, <laughs> send the little wilders here and make sure they know exactly the groundwork their mother laid yes, for them. I
1: just want, I'm just saying it now.
2: Charlotte, you wasn't in these streets on MySpace because I got caught up all the time in MySpace. (laughs) I remember that was the first time I realized that there was a a delete folder. Like my girlfriend in high school was like, "Give me your password. I want to see." And I was like, "All right." I deleted all the stuff that got me in trouble. Then I gave her the password, and then she went right to the deleted file and had all of it in a little dossier. It was the Twitter files uh, for me. It's MySpace files. It was it was bad. It was bad. So like, because of because of MySpace, I stayed away from Facebook. Mike, you can attest to it. Yep. I I didn't. Have Facebook at all, and it was actually Mike's little brother Jake and Kyle Rudolph who started me on Twitter. So I thank them for that, but I just
0: stayed off of social media completely. I was like, "Mm mm-mm.
1: You're much smarter than everybody else, Brandon. (laughs)
0: Not going to catch me slipping. No, no, no. no, no. That was what they used to do, Charlotte, at the start of every football season, or at least for a few football seasons when we were at Notre Dame. They would bring in a social media consultant, like a company, that would come in to teach us about how to make sure we were using social media properly. Because at that point, we had gotten it during college, but some of the players that were coming out of high school when we were juniors and seniors had had it for a while. And so they Mm -hmm. would bring in this company, and they would kind of follow request guys, and you wouldn't really know who they were. They would go in and they would kind of look and then they would just pull up a bunch of these wild tweets that these high school recruits had sent out and they would put them on the big screen in front of us in the team meeting. And they're like, you are not just talking to your friends when you were on this here bird app. You were projecting this yeah. where other people can see it. And it was one of those very wake up core memory moments where it's like, oh yeah. And I, again, had already kind of been aware of this because we came to this as college students. And so we had a little bit of a different relationship with it. But for these players that had grown up with it, it was a wake up call. Mike, I think I think it was stuck
2: with us so much because what they did was found some pictures that we some of us had posted. It was a quick slideshow of like these are the things that are out there that you guys have posted that would get you in trouble moving forward. Wow. And it was it was like when it was like fun, like, Oh, look at look at Jamoris and his wife. Uh, you know, okay, I almost said the bad word. But like like look at look at this old photo of this person doing this crazy thing, like, oh that's funny. It's like, Yeah, but he has got a beer in his hand, there's something on the table, there's this yep. you know what I mean? Well, like the, And they were like things.
0: eventually employers will be looking at this, even beyond right. what you want to do as a player. So right. Yeah. It's uh it's wild, man. So best of luck to these guys. It is a lot of pressure, and we are already getting to see into their lives in a way that is uncommon, but they can thank their dads for that one. Um <laughs> Thanks, uh, <Dad>. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Oh my God. All right. Um uh, guys. This podcast yes. is always wonderful, but there's a very important element to it that comes at the end of every one of these podcasts. It is a unique responsibility for our friend Brandon Newman, where I've got to ask him the question. Brandon, do you know what time it is? Yes, Mike, but I don't think I'm ready, but let's do this, okay?
2: <sighs> now, next week does start Hanukkah. So, just so everybody know our Hanukkah calendar is coming. But for now, it's time to have a very specific type of Christmas. (laughs) Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Now I don't know if there'll be snow, but (laughs) I don't know. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the street, Say hello to the friends you know, and everyone you meet. Fuck. This is bad, okay. Ho, ho, (laughs) the mistletoe is hung where you can see. (laughs) Somebody. (laughs) Holly Jolly Christmas, this, that, and the third.
1: That raw. might have been your best yet. Uncut. Holy raw. <laughs>
0: incredible. <I like> <laughs> and then chop the chopped and screwed
1: Was version. Was there even a beat? Who's to say?
0: Listen, <laughs> only God oh. can judge. That and, uh, well, apparently you also listening too, because as always, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us that five-star rating and a review. And uh, give Brandon some love the effort you know what that's a real man in the arena moment because there can be a lot of critics Brandon there can be the people that sit out here and throw stones you're the one in the arena actually doing the thing
1: yep and you're really doing it
0: (laughs) thank
2: you guys I'm trying to fight against perfection so I just kind of ran into being terrible today so
1: I loved it
0: There is valor in the attempt, as always, guys. <laughs> valor in the attempt. Um, let's get to uh, this, that, and the third. Quick, three quick stories to finish off the day on here with Brandon and our friend Charlotte. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boost, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Let's start off with this one. Uh, We talked about this a while back. The NBA has a ton of trophies that they give out at the end of every year, and they recently made some changes to some of the names of the trophies including this one the regular annual regular season MVP award will now be the Michael Jordan MVP award. We were debating who this could have be, and we left out only, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time <laughs> in the names that we thought there. So the league unveiled that on Tuesday, along with five other reimagined trophies named after league pioneers that are now going to be part of the end of the season. Jordan was a five-time MVP during his 15 years. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has more. He is the league's Social Justice Champion award namesake as okay. well. So... Uh, something to consider there. So the oh, okay. Michael Jordan MVP, which I'm sure is there to specifically needle LeBron James fans from the millennial era.
1: I do think that there's something about that trophy that is the most extra thing I've ever seen. You know, Michael Jordan's so petty, and he like holds all these grievances, and there are always these hidden meanings and everything he does. That trophy is 23.6 inches tall. 23 for his jersey number, 0.6 for the number of championships he won. The plaque has six sides to it uh, for the number of championships he won. Something is something for five for the MVPs. It is so nitty gritty for the specifications of the actual trophy that it actually made me mad. I was like, we get it. (laughs) we get it
0: like i love this at some point it's too well thought out just make it cool
1: just make it look cool i don't care oh and it weighs a certain amount i think it here
2: it is um 15 degree angled base
1: that's what killed me i was like no 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 i was like no 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 15
2: you don't get to do
1: an angle of the base to commemorate (laughs) how much he played like
0: 23-point
2: faceted crystal ball at the top, a nod, to his, uh, a nod to his jersey,
0: obviously. This is incredible. Did you see the league is also weighs- announcing a new award for the Clutch Player of the Year named after Jerry West? Yeah. Like we already have a hard time qualifying how we vote for these awards and what matters. And now all of a sudden we're gonna take the number one sports talk argument from yes. summer radio and turn it into an award? They the is good the, at this.
1: Yeah, like just make a vibe award, like best vibes, named after freaking you know oh,
0: the, uh, who would the, that be named after? Would it be the uh would it be the Kuzma like big sweater best vibes <laughs> award? Best oh Balenciaga
1: God. sweater award, Kyle Kuzma every year.
0: So the other, I think the I, other trophies are the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy for D player, D player of the year, the Wilt Chamberlain Rookie of the Year, the John Havlicek Sixth Man of the Year, and the George Mike and Most Improved.
2: Woo! That's what I love. I love that big man bring it back home to the Lakers. Back when they were Minnesota or uh, Minneapolis, excuse me. Uh, but I love that. I love. I love that he gets a name like that's that. I almost. I hear what you're saying about the, the Jordan trophy, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Also, I think I had an issue that it wasn't the jump man. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm what also does that even wild. look like?
1: Also, yeah, I've never state, seen Michael Jordan do that. Yeah, me neither. Also, <laughs> he looks like his legs are fused together. I think here's here's what I will say is that it could have been a great branding opportunity. Also, you could have had each trophy sponsored. If they named the arena, at least name mm-hmm. it like the Air Jordan Jordan MVP award.
0: That is true. We need to start treating these league awards like college bowl games.
1: Yes, exactly. The Cheez It Most Improved Player.
0: The Battle Frog Michael Jordan MVP <laughs> Award.
1: The Belk Sixth they,
0: Man. I, I was about to say, don't bring Belk into this. The Bad Boy <laughs> Mowers Will Chamberlain Rookie of the Year. <laughs> oh, oh see, so listen. Two
2: different Cheez It trophies?
0: Yes, exactly. There, it contains multitudes. Adam Silver, baby, call us. We got ideas. <laughs> I feel like this is
2: connected to the LeBron James, uh, Carmelo Anthony sons playing thing because I feel like like now it, everyone can finally like turn a page in, in a chapter. Like we're so old now, right? It, it's down the line that the next generation is coming. Let's change the name of the awards. Let's let's stop playing around and give the MVP to Michael Jordan, like the Michael Jordan MVP award. It's probably been in the works for a long time.
0: Can't wait until LeBron James inevitably in the middle of January says, hopefully one day the MVP award will be renamed for me after my career is done.
2: Stop, he's going do to he's
1: gonna say it.
0: I just need him to sprinkle it in there.
2: Just do it. And also he's not going to win. He, it's ironic that now he's in a position where he'd never win a Michael
0: Jordan trophy.
1: Oh my God. Can just you try. imagine them having to give LeBron James a Michael Jordan <laughs> MVP award? <gasps> it has to happen now. Oh my God.
0: Uh, We need one resurgent season just so we have the potential for this.
1: I'm I'm betting on Ronnie getting
2: it first. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting on Brian getting first and then peeing
0: on it like Drake does Grammys. <laughs> oh my God, we'll get to Drake in a minute. Why don't we get to that first since Brandon's peeing on people now and talk about something oh a little God. bit more wholesome. I thought this was interesting since we've talked so much about celebrities intersecting with sports today. Gary Bettman said that he had a conversation recently with Ryan Reynolds about joining the Ottawa Sen- Senators' new ownership group. They got put up for sale in November after the death of their uh, longtime owner. And Reynolds talked about on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon potentially being a part of this group and it's interesting just because we're coming off of and I haven't watched Wrexham FC yet the show that they did about the um, soccer club that Ryan Reynolds became part of in the fifth tier of English soccer along with Rob McElhaney. And it's just interesting to think of now if that's something that people looked at and thought, oh, maybe we can replicate. Like, would an NHL team maybe look at something like that in the wake of what we saw with Drive to Survive and now this as an effort to bring eyeballs to a sport in a different way?
1: I think absolutely. I think that this is going to start happening everywhere. I mean, the only reason that most people know of Wexham FC is now because of that doc. And then that's going to bring, sure. in turn, eyeballs to the other teams that they play. And then imagine if you get something, something remotely interesting about an NHL team. If you get hockey players to actually say something that isn't like word salad of iceberg lettuce, like, lettuce nah. wow I think I feel like I feel like we're gonna start seeing I feel like we I mean you could say almost hard knocks was the original um, you know sports look inside reality show but done by the league so how you know if you're really gonna do it I think you really have to do it and give people something juicy No,
0: completely agree. I mean, especially for us, Hard Knocks, but they're doing regular season Hard Knocks now because people eat this stuff up. There's an appetite for it. And so it's just, it's interesting to consider as a strategic move by the NHL in that regard if he does end up becoming part of that. Because for the commissioner to say it, I think is calculated to throw that out and say, we would love to have you for X, Y, and Z reason. Look at his social following. Look at what he brings to the table. Look at the proposal. Which,
1: yeah. Protect Sandra Bullock's dog at all costs, am I right?
0: Charlotte, would you consider the proposal a Christmas movie?
1: Uh I wouldn't, but now that you're asking me should I?
0: Brandon, Isn't that to weird put Sandra Bullock isn't that Sandra
1: Bullock and she and he like her dog almost gets carried away by an eagle?
0: Yes, yes. As no, she is that's trying like a to summer movie that's what I told Brandon he tried to put it in his Christmas top five it's just no. Canadian and in Alaska <laughs> and so sick. it's cold oh and
2: nice
1: are you kidding me
2: and it's on all the time during the holiday season it's been on on yeah, USA everybody... it's
1: mm.
2: it's coming on it's, it's now's the time okay. I'm just telling you
1: I'll they, they tricked you. me oh, you know what they tricked me too you sang for us you can have it
0: <laughs> alright let's uh <laughs> let's finish this off the right way guys um and get to the third Drake. I
1: don't know what this one is.
0: So celebrity jeweler Alex Moss told TMZ that Drake had a newly designed piece, a diamond necklace with 42 engagement diamond rings for all of the times that he has wanted to propose. There are 351.38 carats in the diamonds. It's made... Uh, with 18 karat white gold, using an eagle claw technique, and it took 14 months to d- uh, to make, and debuted at Little Baby's birthday concert in Atlanta last Saturday. 42 rings, 42 diamonds for the 42 times he has wanted to propose. Brandon, defend your guy. But why, got- Because you're the, why you're, the, you're the you're the you're this you're the Drake Stan on this podcast, and I just want to know what your thought is on this. I think it's brilliant Mike as as
2: our artists and our entertainers tend to dip into different realms that they want to mess around in Drake has a perfume line out he's done a bunch of other things now he has jewelry the the most expensive of jewelry is with all these different cut stones Mike the the piece of jewelry is 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 beautiful it's beautiful in its simplicity it's also beautiful in its gaudiness it's beautiful in in its in its just dripping in wealth and the concept is What's the name of it again? The cons- previous engagements is the name. Previous engagements is the name, of the, name. Of, the, of the of the necklace. Thank you, thank you. Previous engage. It, it, there's something to it, Mike. That just feels elegant and classy, and it should be in. Um, what's the name of that? That store that's like all crystal in the mall, like Tiffany S- Swarovski yep yeah, yep yeah, that one mm-hmm.
1: Brandon so awesome. I hope you're being sarcastic this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life you this what? is like, this is like a this is like Drake throwing himself a pity party of like oh all the women who I could like it's like oh my god it, there's something it, it feels misogynist to me it feels like it's not sexist at all on its face value it feels misogynist it's like when you <laughs> It feels it feels like it's bad for women. Is all I'll say. It's it's giving mansplaining. It's giving, it's like giving bad vibe. <laughs> it's giving only woman in the conference room vibes. Is what it's giving.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, it's like terrible. I can't quite put terrible my finger. Out it, on it. I don't know what it is.
2: Just something there. Hey, as as so, as someone who has my <laughs> antennas up to things that just feel like a, just a little bit racist, like mm, yeah, I'm gonna respect that take. I'm you know, like that there, there are
1: towns you go to. No one does anything overt, yes. but you're like this place this place feels a little racist and this is what this yeah. necklace feels a little misogynist. can't quite tell you why yet, but I don't like it.
0: We can't quite put our finger on it here. I will just say publicly admitting that you thought about proposing 42 times feels like something Beautiful. to tell your therapist and maybe not your jeweler. <laughs> really that's Mike, a lot of time. too times
1: too many times. I haven't like, that that he thought about proposing?
0: Minutes, let alone. No, as some I would say, as someone who has been serially single for a while, I could promise you do could could not fill out one finger, let alone a necklace. No, Mm-mm.
1: no, you're a sociopath if you've wanted to propose to that many people.
2: It's, it's no, it sounds like it sounds like you got to get more open with people, Mike, and then maybe they'll be open with you, <laughs> and then they get to that spot. Like I think I think Drake is probably way too open. Uh, the, a lot of people he's with probably have the they are in they know him through his music so you know they can jump right into certain real topics i would say and you know that
0: that adds 42 times no, i would say I don't this trust it at all anyone who's ever listened to Marvin's Room this necklace makes a lot of sense based on the artist that could write that song we can't quite put our finger on why you would enjoy this podcast but we hope that you did if you did so make sure you download subscribe rate and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast leave us a five star rating and a review and check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well under the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. tab there also make sure you follow our dear friend Charlotte Wilder at the Wilder Things on all social media platforms to see all of the wonderful, wonderful things that she makes in and around the world of sports charlotte thank you so much brandon thank you so much we'll talk to you guys tomorrow boom, boom. money in the bank